bet a hundred on myself I've been all alone, ain't never need nobody else I'm at a top floor, sipping margaritas off the show Wish I had some competition, but Yeah, I got lucky I've been, yeah. By the way, I've been lucky for 20 straight yeah. years consistently It's really yeah. been a shocking he run right I'm a real fucking lucky dude for right. 25 know, straight here years Here we go <laughs> <laughs> Are we live? Are we re-recorded? Yeah Props to Drops Nation. Right before we just went on, Herm was trying to say I've been lucky for 25 straight years, uh, which I found disrespectful, and thus I will not create the framework for him to be charismatic and exceptional in this episode. So that is the warning. Kalish, how are you? Doing really well. It's good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you. It's a totally different energy when we're in the same place. I can already feel it. Yeah, So much better. Yep. Looking forward to the game tonight? Yes, we are going to the Knicks-Jazz game. I'm excited about that. You, I... A courtside cat winner from V Friends. Whoa. Uh, and somebody else. And so we're really going to have a good time. I think it'll be good. You know, last time I saw the Knicks was a, a very easy victory in Boston. And Coming so- after a shocking, devastating loss in New York on yeah. the RJ3 that me and a couple of friends went to. Yeah. And, you know, the Jazz are a tough team. I feel like nobody even really like gives them the credit that maybe they could be a contender, but you know, they have good pieces. They've had a good season. Uh, the line minus three and a half jazz are laying three and a half. It kind of feels like a trap. I'll tell you why Knicks have been playing well, even though I'm kind of checked out, they've played quite well. Even their three or four last losses were against the Grizzlies against, you know, uh, really good teams where they barely lost at the end. Mm-hmm. They've been playing well. Yeah. I think people we might be, be able to sneak confused. into the playing game. I got to look at the standings, but uh, yeah, basketball's fully in swing now. We're smack in the middle of March Madness. I'm devastated because I had Memphis upsetting Gonzaga and it was looking real good there for a little while last night. And mm-hmm. so I'm a little salty on this rare Sunday uh, recording, which shows our commitment to props and drops. Of course. Yeah, the Zags looked a little sketchy even in round one. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're still like a big, big favorite relative to, I think it's like two and a half to one right now to win the championship, which just seems like generous, I guess, of odds. My good friend Tyler the other day said that he felt that March Madness was one of the things that got affected a lot by COVID. And I thought it was a good observation. If you think about the timing of COVID, the first one wiped it completely. The second one, we were also in the muckery. And this third one, this is now the third, this is insane. This is the third March Madness since COVID came into our universe. And most people aren't back in the office. We've always had a big office vibe. He spoke, to, Tyler's been here for a long time. He spoke about how that Thursday always felt like a holiday in the office. Cause I forced, I like sent out seven, like I sent out a Slack and an email. I'm like, no, no, you have to like, Two years ago, I sent an email to the company. I'm not sure if this is even legal. Like, like if you do not fill out this bracket, it may actually affect your financial like, situation. Like, you know, like it's such a big culture here. And so I was like, I was saying to him, I'm like, maybe it's a little bit compounded at Vaynerland because we take it so serious. But I thought that was an interesting observation. Any thoughts on that? Do you feel like, you know, that it, it's, it was such an iconic event, I think, for so many people. I did feel it come back a little tiny bit this year, but like it does still feel a little suppressed from where it was, where it felt like a stop in your year moment of like that bracket, that Thursday. It was a lot of fun. Thoughts on that? 
Yeah, one of the few things every year that I think goes really mainstream in the office pools. Yes. Everybody fills one out with yes. their team, even if you know nothing. Correct. And then you have to like the bears sound stronger than the gophers, so I'm taking. Yeah, the or bears. my my cousin or goes whatever. to Indiana, so I'll pick yeah. that team. I or, love Indiana. Yeah, as a state, so I'm taking them. <laughs> and everybody gets their entry in, and then it's always some person who like knows basically nothing who wins wins it yes because what happens every year is what's happening right now you have absolute bombs coming in just things that nobody expected and everyone's bracket is already wrecked i don't know anybody who doesn't think their bracket's wrecked right now i mean baylor i mean gonzaga almost went out if gonzaga went out it would have been on i got crushed by chattanooga because i had them going to the sweet 16 and they had that game one that kind of upset me but um your Celtics are hot. Yeah, very hot. I mean, right now is a great time, I guess. Like, for non-football season, there's a lot going on. Like, Celtics very hot, March Madness. NFL news is starting to come in. NFL and news so, has been super hot. Free agency was hot. Major League Baseball is hot. Lots going on because they're condensing free agency and right into the season. It is a good kind of time. And then, you know, I mean, the NFL... For me, I've always loved this time of year... So this is the first time since my sophomore year of high school that I'm not playing fantasy baseball. So, so really big deal in my life because I used to really love this time of year because it was, you know, as a Jets fan, we usually didn't make long playoff runs. So I couldn't wait for the football season to be over and then boom, free agency, March Madness, spring training, fantasy baseball draft, and then the NFL, the NFL draft is always a fun moment for us Jet fans as well. And so, um, I'm really looking forward to this NFL draft for multiple reasons. One, uh, David Bell and Des Ritter, rep by Vayner Sports, both should go in the top sixty, top seventy players in the draft. So that's exciting. Uh, but the Jets have four picks in the top thirty-eight, which is like if you hit it, completely can change your franchise. Yeah. If we go three for four here, you look back at the Falcons, you look back at the Chargers, you look back at the Colts uh, more recently. When teams have kind of three, four picks in that top 50, if you go two for three, two for four, three for four, four for four, and get legitimate starter borderline pro bowlers, you can turn a franchise around. So big stakes for the New York Jets in this NFL draft. Yep. Four is a lot. It's only 11 people on the field at a time. So that's the shape of the team changes. 100%. This is literally, you know, we have pick 410, 36, and, you know, and 38, I think. You know, so you're talking about big, big, big stuff. What about NBA? I like doing this every time we're together. NBA finals predictions. Herm, I feel like you're trying to get in here. No, I'm no. If I you've been like checking your throat, I don't try. I just get in. (laughs) Keep going. You know, it's it's also kind of tough outside the context of like the betting and the odds and stuff. So like, I don't know. I I will say this: Celtics. I feel like went from zero chance in hell to now people are like Tatum's top five in the league. They have a real opportunity. You know, I don't think that they're going to be in a play-in game. Um, I think the Nets have been sketchy enough where people aren't assuming. Like, what we about had a the six? How are the Sixers been? Um, 
against the Celtics, not good. I feel like we've been good against the the main teams. One moment that like stood out a lot was uh, KD uh, Tatum in Boston. KD had a great game. I think he scored like 40 or 41 dominant was like shooting high percent, you know, making threes. And Tatum went off for like 54 and just like outclassed him. And then you see when he can compete with anybody, then you're like, okay, you have the number one, like you have the star, you have the other ingredients around. What if they just come in the form? What if they get hot? What if they get hot? Because, and that's kind of like what's been happening. They're just getting hot. So I think it's always a combination of like who could get hot, who has the opportunity to get hot at the right time, and then who actually does. And so I think that they threw their hat in the ring. But yes, yeah, Sixers are definitely like uh, I would say the favorite right now in the East, right? And what about the Bucks? Are they still like kind of sneaky? I mean, as a Knicks fan, I've been like fading out of this season. And actually, look at the standings. That's the thing. Yeah, the it's all these teams have a real shot, like the Nets, the Bucks. What about in the West? Is it like, is it the Warriors? Yeah, Suns? Warriors. Well, Phoenix mm-hmm. and the Warriors mm-hmm. are like supposed to win the title. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the order right now. Phoenix, slight favorite. Then there's Warriors. Then you get down into the next tier where it's like the Nets. Jazz and teams like that. Yeah. Are you talking about in the West? Got it. Yeah. Yeah, in so the West. Herm, have you been following the NBA? I have. Okay. Um, Without looking at your phone? No, I was just you know double checking my... Um, you didn't mention the Iowa State uh, guys going to be drafted in this year. There's a lot of them. Well, not as high as our Cincinnati quarterback. Oh, Brees Hall, uh, running back, claims to be the best running back in the draft. He won't go in the first round. You know that, right? <clears throat> Second, probably. Probably not. Um, okay, keep going. I guess I'll say Warriors, Celtics, since prompted. Oh, wow. The Knicks are yeah. they're five out of the play-in, so I, don't, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. Tough season. Tough season. Season for it's the fine Knicks. though. I mean, it's just the way things have been going, and you can always bet it now. New York, like this, is the big difference. Last time I was in New York, they didn't have sports betting, so now even if you have a lousy team, you can at least like, oh, we're getting like plus fourteen points. I'm taking the Knicks, baby. Let's go. Well, the Knicks are hot. New York's a different place. Oh, come on. Yeah, New York at the end of the day is a Knicks town, and I don't think people understand that. I remember Mike Francesa saying that when I was a freshman in high school i remember vividly i'm driving like driving my mom's driving going to the mall or something and francesa and mike and the mad dog was like this is pre-internet mike and the mad dog was life like i would take drives my senior year of high school just to catch mike and the mad dog on the radio in my car like would force myself to like i'm going over my friend's house and like go the long way to hear their take on like a big jets game this weekend or a knicks game it was everything yeah. It was everything. We should get Francesa on the show. He's such a grump. He is. He's like I know, a but grump. the dynamics in you and him would really yeah. be fun, I think. Anyway, yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he broke down a fucking unbelievable 15-minute breakdown of why New York is a Knicks town. And the Yankees are the Yankees and the Giants. Like, these are successful franchise. And you, you see it. I mean, Lynn's sanity... For two weeks in this ta- in this city, Everything. was bigger than like Giants beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Like, it's it, it's actually scary how big of a Knicks town this is. I think last year defined it for me, right? Because the Nets were playing great, 
They had KD and, and Kyrie crushing, and nobody gave a fuck. Number like one Julius Randle, by it. far, was more famous in New York City yes. than those two, and it wasn't even close. No, I agree. It's yeah. a Knicks town. Bing bong. Like we won one game, <laughs> one bong. game, and we so lost. I mean, we won one game. <clears throat> we lost our minds. The Garden's insane. It's kind of amazing to compare the the Nets versus Knicks and the energy just being so different. I agree. Can you explain yeah. Courtside Cat to the people that don't know what that is? Listen to this. Be Friends came out last May. Uh, I thought it was important to show all the power of the blockchain. So what's stunning to me is still to this day, Be Friends, a year later, probably still one of the more significant smart contract NFT projects. Everyone kind of went down the easy collectible route. We'll give you a roadmap. We'll be up. We'll do this maybe in the future. V Friends was conference right away, access right away, Hangout Hawks. The I mean Zooms. I got one this week. Uh, brunch Bears. Ten people together getting brunch. Like I'm doing all these things, and one of them was a courtside cat, which allowed you to come and sit courtside with me at a game. And so uh, tonight, uh, a fine gentleman is going to be sitting with the two of us. You two, us three. On us the three. fourth. You're the fourth. We're, oh. we're, we're thought out. Okay, we had a little argument. Go back. Listen, minutes. you saying before we started this show that I've been lucky. I didn't 20... say that. I said Dustin's Instagram is fantastic. And then somehow you just jammed yourself in there. Oh, I know how I jammed myself in there. I was quietly trying to clean my inbox before we went live here. And you whispered quietly it's like. a mess of an inbox. And you, you said better than Gary's. And I. It's very good. I didn't like that. Let's put that on the screen. There was screen. no reason Dustin's to say that. Handle. There was no reason. I mean. If you're into like BMX and self-deprecation, like Dustin's great. No, he teaches you things. He is great. I listen. I'm a huge fan. Tesla. Okay. <clears throat> uh, do we talk? So we talked about March Madness. Are we just going to talk about any other headlines? Wilson and Denver. Um, that enormous Brown situation. Deshaun. There's Insane. some big news that's happened. I feel like we should take them all yeah, like, in order. So yeah. biggest news definitely Russell Wilson to Denver. Went from at least the market kind of liked it. So 25 to 1 down to 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl on that news. Um, thoughts? Like, I'm actually, I've, I was surprised I've, that any one player could make that big of a difference. Oh, quarterback is Russell, everything. No, like I think man. that makes sense. I, I think it makes a ton of sense. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. Denver, you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, boy, I hope we don't clip that Let's in my clip face. It and I'm going to bet that hard. Um, I like Russ. He's such an awesome dude. I'm salty because here's how I see it. Deshaun felt like he wasn't coming back to Houston. Solid chance he was going to go to the NFC. Russ was nice and sitting in the NFC. Roethlisberger is finally finished after two decades. And all of a sudden, the Jets are like starting to put together something to get out of the basement of the league. And you start feeling like, okay, like, we got a coach that and a GM that are capable. You know, Wilson didn't throw a pick in the last five games. You can start dreaming a little dream, right? Um, and I'm like, you know, starting to, like, have a little hope. And then all of a sudden, boom, Watson stays in the AFC. Boom, Russ comes over. Here are the quarterbacks in the AFC. Justin Herbert. Derek Carr, now with Devontae Adams, who, by the way, a lot of people forget this. They went to college together. There's real chemistry there. Um You've got Russ now. I never even knew that to forget it. There you go. Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs could come in. 
Chiefs could be last in their division this year if they don't fuck around and like get serious. Lamar, Watson, Burrow, right? All of a sudden, the Steelers by far have the worst quarterback situation in their conference. And then Josh Allen, in art of it, Mac Jones had a very, you know, as much as I still think he's overrated by everyone, you can't deny he didn't shit the bed. I can tell you that much. God forbid Trevor Lawrence decides to be good. God forbid. I mean, like, fuck. Tua. I'm not worried about Tua. I love him as a kid. I think he's actually one of the best dudes in the league. My intuition from a subjective calling it as I see it, I don't think he's going to be in that tier. Lawrence, you haven't seen enough yet from Zach. You haven't seen enough from Mac. You haven't seen. So AFC East, actually, if you can, I mean, the Bills are on a planet by themselves. Now they sign Von Miller. But Devontae Adams comes from the NFC to be a receiver. Like, the AFC is loaded. But By the way, that's why Tom Brady came back. Let me give you a preview. The guy's smart. The guy probably, like, after a couple weeks was like, fuck, man, I really miss it. And then kind of like the way things shuffled out, he's like, fuck it. I'm going to moonwalk into another Super Bowl. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he owns, what, Dak Prescott, 60-year-old Matt Ryan. There's nothing in the NFC. So Giants, are, Giants are trash. Giants are in the worst possible spot. I think. Giants are really probably the worst team years. in the league now. Years. All right. It doesn't take that long. Two years. You can clean it up. Here's one. Tampa Bay was 28 to 1 Super Bowl before Brady announcement. What do you think they moved to after? Seven. Very close. Eight to one. Yeah. I That's listen. A big difference. Listen, my most hated player of all time, but there is no denying. I wouldn't, it's not comfortable to bet against him. I think the Rams, Allen Robinson, Vayner Sports, big shout out, signed a big deal with the Rams. I think he's a much better player than what people realize because the Chicago situation was dog shit. I think he's going to bring a real element to that team. I think they're going to make another run. Um, you know, there's there's some factors we haven't thought through. Trey Lance, that's going to be, a, there's a lot of people in the league that are very high on this kid. I have no idea. I haven't watched a snap of his entire career, but he's going to be an interesting one to see play out. None of the quarterbacks in this draft have the hype. Obviously, I have a lot of feelings towards Dez, but like none of the quarterbacks in this draft feel like they're going to come in and Dan Marino it or Peyton Manning it and like the league on fire first year. So I think we've got to really, we've got to see where Baker ends up. There's some Colts talk now, but I could see him ending up in somewhere out of nowhere. I don't know. We'll see. NFC, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. The Brady moonwalk into the Super Bowl. Um, I was thinking he's like the first person, maybe the last person of our lifetime who could just be like competitive 50-year-old quarterback in the league. I mean, he set the bar, but now these kids come in faster. They're healthier. They They like, look, even us as normal human beings are all in better shape, maybe not her, but like most people are in better shape <laughs> at this I mean, 46, you know, I was with my trainer Mike last week, you know, vacation kids, spring break thing. And he was like, I was like a, like complaining about something like, like uh, he's like, dude, do you understand you're 46, like you're gonna be 47 this year. He's like 47 year olds did not have this kind of, like didn't put in the work like this 50 years ago. 
47 year olds were What's like your seven. go-to train you just do a lot of burpees i work out seven days a week burpees nope see you being a big burpee guy let's get a meme going of that on twitter you know when somebody crosses over and tries too hard? Like, it's That's actually crazy. It's actually That's crazy. Exactly what I said about Herm is playing out. When I said Herm was like the Ari Gold, the Urkel, the Fonzie of this show, ironically, he has now become a caricature of himself, just like Urkel, Fonzie, Urkel Ari Gold. No, but they all crossed over. Urkel as a human is actually amazing. But they all crossed over. And it was four, right? Look, look at every Seth and Dustin for everybody who's listening at home. They're like shaking their heads. Like it was fun. It caught America's attention, just like the Herm has. And, but then that person didn't know how to, like the writers on those shows like forced the joke too much. Herm here is the writer and the actor and he's forcing it. No, I'm not. I think the thing I keep thinking I don't think you say burpees if you weren't looking for laughs. No, I'm staring at myself in the Zoom. Which should be disturbing. I love this so much. I think the other thing I keep thinking about, which I think the audience listeners are thinking about, I don't think people know you're funny. I actually find you pretty funny. Oh, I'm like no, 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 no. but like different I'm like funny. Amazingly than you think funny. it's funny. I just think you are pretty Seth? funny. Seth seems to wants to say something. I don't think people you, your your humor doesn't come out in most. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I think I got to tell you, this show is bringing out the humor in you. Oh, if you read my senior year yearbook right now. If we read it, the core references are I'm a class clown. I'm a, I am one of the funniest people on earth. Just zoom in on my face, <laughs> clip it three times. Now listen, I will say this just so it's on record, so when I do it in three or four years, it'll just be a good clip it. Uh, oh. I am I am oh. I am 98% sure that I will be hosting SNL before I die. I feel like somewhere here in the next half decade, I'll cross over into even more mainstream and I'll do something. Like my next version of NFT will be at a different place in my career that'll be the trigger point to be of the moment that puts me on hosting SNL. And when I do it, I'm gonna shock America with like, in the same way like people are like, oh, Justin Timberlake's good at this. Like I'm gonna be great. I'm an improv keynote speaker. I'll definitely improv the shit out of SNL. Not only that, back to my humor style, I make people that are funny laugh. That's yeah. all, like Conan O'Brien, Hassan Minaj, yeah, like you, like you. So wow. I actually have a funnier prediction that will clip that will be even more profound. Not only will I host SNL, but I will actually do something unexpected on the live show, even though we practiced all week, that will make the cast laugh. I'm predicting it right now, six years before it happens. I will host it. And, clip it now, this is for the future, uh, I will do something in the, the skit that isn't expected, I'll improv it within the improv that will make one of the cast members laugh. Remember I said it. Prediction. Matt, what do you think? It's like the called shot. Well, I think you control your own actions too, so all you really need to happen here is that you get on the show. Which I think is the second gonna, thing you can make happen. I think actually happen more of a reality is V Friends buys NBC. <laughs> so <laughs> that, might, that might also happen. So there might be a part of this where I actually own the network and yeah. just decide to put myself on the peaceful peacock. <laughs> or what? What's the peacock adjective again? I'm forgetting. Oh my god! Practical. Practical peacock. Yeah, I think that actually is practical. Are we? Tra- is this the transition to drops? Yeah, let's go to drops. Okay, let's go. Segue. Um, so there's a lot to talk about. Okay. 
Um, we get biggest into- news was definitely the well. There's a big catalyst in the market, which was ApeCoin. I, I guess ApeCoin. Immediately before that, it was um, Larva Labs, aka like CryptoPunks and MeBits, getting acquired by the team from the board Huge. Yacht club team Huge. called yuga labs yuga labs so buying big big catalyst there crypto punks and me bits was monster guy is yeah. a complete stuff then the immediate was- fast follow to that was the ape coin like a week within a week i think it was like seven days so big catalyst in the market there well, a lot of liquidity a right a lot of yeah. liquidity yeah yeah i like that it was slow i'll be honest with you i'm loving what's happened right now what i think you're seeing is maturity you're seeing ship projects not hit the radar. You're seeing the top projects start to distance themselves. I feel it with vFriends. There's been so much more activity with vFriends in the last two months than there was kind of like the two months prior to that, even though, because people were buying dumb shit, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and didn't want to buy a vFriend, and I get why. You want to catch your vFriend, your board ape, so you're, 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 you're kind of pushing like, oh man, I hope I mint this for .08, and it becomes, and after about 78 of those all shitting the bed, there's a subcon, you know, every individual investor is doing their own thing, but there's a subconscious of the, the market that's like, wait a minute, if I didn't just pr- like try to catch 19 projects in a row at 0.5, I could have bought a fucking V friend. I could have bought a fucking world of women. I could have bought a cool cat. I could have bought an invisible for like, and I think you're starting to see that maturity. Now the problem is those are so expensive. I mean, the cost of entry to a friend right now is sixteen five at three thousand. You're talking about a fifty thousand. It's a fucking down payment on a massive house. So I think people forget about that shit. Uh, but I do think that um, we're seeing some maturity, which is very healthy. Yeah, definitely gone are the days where like every project minting, you know about it and you consider it. Now it's like. 30 a day that you never even hear of. Yeah, I don't even you know? know anything that's minted unless yeah. like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think Invisible, it's the, Invisible was the last big one and it's done well. It's a great, great art and like unique from that standpoint of Marcus and like good crew, like, but it's it's a very, I mean, World of Women is on fire. World of Women's at 11 as of right this morning, like 11-2 floor. I put the World of Women in our team chat, didn't I? The night, Right, Seth? I remember that night very vividly. I'm like, cause they were, I just really, it hit me from the second it came out. I'm like, this has a shot. And I, who bought on our team? Did anybody? Ragav? Yudkin. Yudkin? Yeah. Oh yeah, Yudkin did. He bought some like tuxedos. You know, fucking Andy did. Andy, the president of Be Friends, who ran Team Gary for years, fucking minted a night goddess, sold it for like, 1.8 ETH and was like a static. The current floor, the current lowest cost night goddess on OpenSea right now is 100 ETH. The last one to sell was 60 ETH and they're unavailable. <laughs> like, can you imagine me the static eight months ago at 5K? But missing out on 300K as a sale and, you know, or excuse me. 60, 180,000 as a sale, and the only ones available right now are 300,000. I, I talk about it with you two a lot, not on the show, but I, I've never felt, I think I think a lot of our listeners feel the same way. I've never had FOMO before. Like, I've never, I've never been somebody to look back ever. 
it's so hard in an NFT world not to be like, what? Why don't we talk about this? Because this, you can really, you can way. help some people today. You, you, you're taking a real turn from cliche sucker to like somebody that might be able I to help somebody. Okay, so let's talk about and this. I, I would have said burpees on day one. Herm. <laughs> yeah. On the, have you ever done a shitload of burpees? Yes, I it's hate hard. burpees. I hate them. Like I think nauseous, one of the reasons I like made fun of it was I didn't want to talk about so them. I tough. actually not as bad as Bulgarian split squats. The oh, worst like the, when you have to put your one fucking leg in the back, have the two hands go down. Uh, it destroys your ass. You can't sit on anything. Uh, real quick. Yeah. Not real quick. Let's focus. FOMO. FOMO. Yeah, it's very real. Break down your core <clears throat> FOMO moments in the last year. I have a couple of them, actually. Really break them I, down. I guess the one one caveat to this is I've never felt this way in my life. You've established that. Okay. Um, I have one where all five of us in this room were here, including Dustin and Seth. Okay. We're at Kalish's house. V Friends V1 got delayed from Cinco de Mayo to the high point of ETH on like whatever that day was. The 12th. We had a sleepover at Kalish's house. That's right. These two guys were here recording the first podcast, or at least like a trial run. Yep. I was forcing them to eat snacks. Yep. Matt's Mad Mayo's pantry is absurd. absurd. It's basically like a cribs for pantry. Anyway, back to this. It launched. I'm sitting there. I buy a goat. It's my first NFT pro- first NFT purchase. It was 25K. It was like, wow. Okay. Well, we're doing this. Um, I do that. Then I got a candid clownfish diamond the next day. Diamond? Was, yeah. Your clownfish is diamond? Yeah, what the fuck? I thought it was core. I'm pumped for you right now. What? Yes, I have two. And you know what's happening with series two, right? I got a diamond again. That's a, you know that you can't get a spec. There is no specs to get in series two. Yeah, okay. Back Did to you the see how fire piece. the designs are? Yeah. I've been I haven't previewing. seen a clownfish yet. No, but have you seen <clears throat> the way I'm doing yes. it? Yeah, okay. Anyway, so those are the two I got. I then, like, if I go back and text messages to you, I texted you, like, should I get this one? How about this one? What about this diamond? There was a shitload of them at the floor. I remember. There was a lot of cores, like 0.5s at the floor. I could have just, I mean, I, what I will, it will, like, just throw it like a doodle. I have a hard time buying a new V friend right now that's core for 15 ETH, 16, 5 ETH, because I get it. I could have bought 33 cores for that price. For that price. Well, yeah, that's right. That is a, that's a sentence that I've heard repeatedly over the last eight months, which is the like, I'm not going to buy it at insert current price because it's high, but like, I do wish I did. And then the current price was like higher. six or something. Well, it happened with board and eight, it goes to, to like, so many people. Yeah. I'm not buying it at 16. It was just fucking 10 last week. Yeah. And it's 30. It goes to the, it's 50. the idea and that it's, like buying at the all time high isn't really that stupid. It feels stupid, but it's yeah. not. What was your, so that's FOMO was V friends day one. Well, it was V friends, but I mean the first time we ever met, like literally we ever met Matt and I were talking. I was like, actually there's a guy you should meet Gary. I got you on the phone within a, you picked up literally that second we've, and you're like, Hey Matt, just met you, <laughs> but crypto punks. Was that the first thing I, on the first, first time meeting. we ever called? First meeting. Really? First time. We, you guys talked about trading cards forever, and you're like, I got something else. Crypto punk. I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. <clears throat> you're like, why did I introduce this maniac yeah. to my All right, go boss. for it. It was definitely in the first handful. First, we were doing those blood cards. Flesh and blood. That yep. I told you about. Which you crushed that. Biggest, oh my yeah, God, crushed I had it. some good trades on that. Um, yeah, flesh and blood. And then CryptoPunk's got to be one of the first few, though. 
So how do people? We're deal? talking about some sports too, like Jordan rookies and stuff like I still that. I'm up. actually going to buy more. I'm really hot on comic books. I've dragged my feet, and they've already gone up a lot. But I'm definitely going to get first appearance Wolverine, which is an incredible Hulk. I think if I remember from 1991 oh, or something. Like that. How do you guys? How do you tell our listeners to how to deal with that? And do you guys fuck feel that? FOMO? No. Do you feel that at all, Matt? Um. I cannot yeah. believe I just remembered the whole. I basically just went into my memory bank from 1994 when I was trading comics. Do you know how insane the brain was? Rewind that just now because I whispered 181. It was Hulk 181. That is Wolverine's. Did you guys hear me whisper it? Okay, good. That's why we have film. That's to love it. Clip that shit from my TikTok. I'm pumped right You're now. You're using a lot of clip at this. Uh, no, I'm pumped yeah. that I fucking remembered that. Yeah, FOMO's tough. I mean basic premise is like everybody's super super hyping something and then you feel like also jumping in but maybe it's already 10x or something and you don't know how to read it like is it going to go 100x from here or is it going to be like good but then it comes back and so like that's a tough feeling to contend with for sure Uh, for me the reason i don't feel fomo in this scenario is it's business and in business I'm just so accustomed to losing in the micro a thousand times a week. Like when you are playing business at a high level, you are making so many mistakes every day that it's actually the biggest thing that people don't realize. You're making so many mistakes in the micro every day. Didn't do this, I should have done that. Did that, fuck, it would have been better. Like it's almost as if I'm only making micro mistakes that allow me to win macro. It's actually pretty profound. It's probably the dirtiest secret that should be talked about more to help people get to the highest levels. You have to get, like, missing out, I only make mistakes. I thought Netflix was going to trounce the world seven years ago. I'm on vacation. Call my, my finance team and say, I wanna buy a boatload, not to disclose too much, at the time, a lot of my liquid into Netflix stock. I'm walking in like, cause I'm on vacation, I'm just like pacing around, the phone drops cause I was bad service. Something happens in my family good, like a good thing in my family that diverts me, I never redo the phone call and never make the trade. It trades like 14X on this day. I still have that cash just sitting in the bank doing dick shit dick instead of 14X Netflix. Just how humans work. If, I mean. Hold on, that's a good example. Did you ever think about when it was up 5X, do you think about dumbing that same amount of money? No, because you were like, wow, it was back to that that point. That point. By the way, which I've gotten much better at. I've done a good job in collectibles and NFT land on that, but I don't, I don't, first of all, it was, and I've said this a lot, I don't buy stock. So it's like such a weird, like I almost feel like I didn't do it. Like if it was NFTs and it was like Bored Ape that I had that same conviction at a 10, I think I would have bought it at 25. Yeah. It's that I don't like stock. Like that's the thing of the new world that's so huge for me. Physical and <clears throat> digital collectibles are doing for me what real estate and stocks couldn't do for me, which is I have no enjoyment in them. And those have been historically tremendous ways to compound your wealth on liquid. For me, I'd rather lose money buying collectibles and NFTs than make money buying stock 
and real estate because my barometer of life is happiness. And so that's, you know, whether you're playing with a big bag or a small bag, you know, with stocks, um, real estate's the one place you need a big bag to like kind of get into anything. But look, if you have a thousand bucks, you can play the stock market, you can play NFTs, you can play sports cards and comic books, toys, VHS tapes, whatever. I'm really happy that people have some more options. I think the coolest thing by far about the last year and just Web3 is that for 15 years, you had the smartest people in the world coming out of school and going to work at Facebook and Google to put all of their like intellectual power into getting people to click more ads. And I think Web3 allows this creativity. So much more creative. So much more. It allows anybody that's smart just not to go and work there or Goldman, but instead go create and make. Well, money I think that it's way. a creative path that we haven't seen since influencer. The reason I always gravitated towards influencer is I saw that for the average human being on Earth, the eight billion, whether you're talented, it, it created a new talent arbitrage. Comedians, comedians and models, attractive and funny people really won, really won that era. Whereas a painter did not, whereas now a painter does in this. I love that. I love that technology keeps opening up things for people in a different way. For example, eBay opened up scavenger hunt flipper life for me. Like I would have, if I didn't have more talents, I could have been a pig and shit happy making 100K a year garage selling and flipping. And that's a profound thing instead of like me working as a manager at Target making 67. I had other elements to me that took me to a different place, but like to me it's just happiness. And I just love that there's so many fucking, do you know how happy I am that there are people who were destined to work at my company as an art director for 100K that are gonna make 215K selling their NFTs. Not 43 million, 215. See, that's the part that nobody's paying attention to at all, the long tail. Right now we're so caught up in the gold rush and it's gonna be a fucking shit storm and now we're starting to recorrect and there'll be other dynamics crash, grow, this. But what nobody understands is now the cat's out of the fucking bag. And 16-year-old Sarah, who obsesses to go to art class in fucking, you know, suburb of North Dakota right now, is like destined to now make 92K as an artist, NFT artist, instead of her being a dentist or a retail manager or or a, a creative inside of an agency as a cog. Like, it's cool. That's what I loved about Influencer. It wasn't about Charlie D'Amelio and Logan Paul. It was that if Dustin in a, it had different wants and needs and different chemicals, he could make 80K a year on BMX Bike Talk. That's profound through YouTube ads, through TikTok sponsorship deals. We do not talk about the 50K to 100K human that is fucking at scale living in our world, happy. Retail arbitrage kids, 
You know, when I talk about the flipping, they're always like, Gary, you do non-scalable shit. You can make so much money just going to clearance aisles at Home Depot and, and Target and putting it on eBay and Amazon. I'm like, no, no, I get that if that's like your core job and you're paying everything in your life for it. I do it for the thrill of the hunt. Like, I'm already in like my feelings right now. We're only like, like, fuck man, I, I should've probably went today, today. Like, like, I feel like I might go garage, no, I'm, I got, like, I'm pumped right now, I'm back. Like, I'm gonna be doing a trash talk here in the next five, six weeks. Like, and like, it's not because I'm trying to like make the most money, it's my hobby. Like, I, I want to find a rare something. I, the thrill, I can almost never replicate the high, not gam- not craps, not roulette, not minting a project. I can almost not replicate anything that gets my juices going more than pulling up to a garage sale and the anticipation of what in their trash, in their garage, in their stuff is gonna be like the thing that I find. It's so fun for me. And, and what I'm saying there is to like finish the final thought, for the people that love drawing, and painting more than anything, the way I love business. The fact that they're now gonna be able to do that in a world where we've lived so many years where it was just impractical to be an artist. Yeah. Like who the fuck was gonna be Banksy? Like two people a year, right? Now it's like tens of thousands are gonna be making 50K to five million a year being an artist, that's gonna happen. And if they, God willing, team up with an entrepreneur promoter, you can really start getting something because right now we are fully in collectability with a hint of utility. And in the next decade, as we switch to utility with a hint of collectability, I think you're gonna open up a lot of creative shit. And that's the other big part. NFTs are now here as a knowledge base the way the internet websites were in 1996. It took a decade for us to really harness the power of the internet, social media, the iPhone came along and created apps like, you know, seamless. Remember when people used to have to fucking pull a menu out of their fucking shelf and do, 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 hello? And like, this shit matters. Yeah, like, like, so I think 10 years from now, people are gonna be stunned what the, what the consumer blockchain enables. Um, and I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely been a, if you have a, a story, you're an artist, you have a story, you wanna engage like really do the work. I haven't seen as much success with the people just create art, post it, the end. You know, it's, it's the hard. people, like I have a they story. Get, they get lucky. Yeah. People get lucky. Somebody comes along and just likes a piece. They're famous. It's like real art. Somebody's, you know, sees something, they buy it, it gets hot. But yeah, if you're an entrepreneur and an artist, you're going to do some work. Yeah, you could be like exactly... X copy or something. There's like a handful of people that maybe they don't engage much with community. Maybe they're kind of more passive. Couldn't tell his life story or whatever. But I've noticed a lot of success with people who want to be out there with some connect. Like they want to connect on like, this Andy is Warhol. who I am. Yeah. Andy Warhol. Yeah. And that's really uh, the platform. They can write their own contract. Like, here's how this works. You know, my art is out there in the world, but you know. They're doing the deal with themselves. They're driving the, the community the, themselves. The interesting part is the long term. Like, like I wonder what Tom Sachs is thinking right now. Like when he used to do art in the physical world, the people were content with the on the moment of purchase. Mm-hmm. In NFT land, it's almost like 
the people that buy your stuff are like looking at you like make me money. And that's a very not happy existence. There's a lot of NFT owners right now that are incredibly like anxious because they don't like that come from like an art background because like what is this shit? Like, what do you mean? Like, like every hour on the hour in the Discord's like, when floor, what pump? Like, the, like it's like you know, and they're like, what the fuck is this? That's not the way it was. Like when Tops and Panini put out cards, when Marvel puts out comic books, they're not hearing from twenty five thousand people saying, why aren't the cards going up? Even athletes, like you buy fifty thousand fucking, you know, R.J. Barrett rookie cards. You, you know, like it's not like you're sitting courtside yelling at R.J. like. Score, motherfucker, I need my cards to go up. Yeah. Whereas in this world, it's like in the Discord, it's your Discord, I mean, I'm looking at my Discord constantly, I'm busy as shit. Other people, this is the only thing they do, and it's just like, people pounding you, like, you're not fucking bored ape. Like, okay, like, you know, like, people are like, really like, there's a lot of entitlement from buyers in the marketplace right now that I think uh, is unhealthy. Yeah, for sure. I've noticed even just from dropping content on DraftKings Marketplace for a few drops, you know, you start to see how how it works. And you probably know this with intuition, but it's also like really a thing. There's like X amount of people whose entire system is like mint and immediate sale for the ARB. Like you're trying to arbitrage the mint the against yep. immediate secondary price. And if that goes well, happy. If it goes bad, then it's, you fuck know, you. wind floor, fuck this. Like, um, rug, rug. That's not a, this is the main thing. And I've, if startups got judged in the first 48 hours of yeah. their startup, every startup from Facebook to Tesla to Uber to everything was a rug in NFT land. Uh, yeah. The complete lack of patience, like, why didn't this go up in 48 hours? Rug. It's Rug not is even, like, you're a con artist. 48 yeah. hours is an absurd overestimation of, of even what I'm saying. 48 hours of 700 years in NFT minutes. land. These like, fucking lack of patience motherfuckers. Yeah, which is, the way that I view that is the following, and I've said this, not even, I don't think I've actually done this on this podcast, but on other ones I have. The way I look at it is the following. That's not a quote-unquote customer. When you're doing that, you're a sole proprietor. That's not a, it's not even a business. Like nobody's going to build a business on arbitrageurs that sell something within one well, minute. that's right. Right? All they're doing is saying you priced that wrong because you're fucking stupid, basically. So like you priced your mint wrong. It's under the current demand, like whatever. And I'm going to arbitrage it up. And so then you're just creator and that sole proprietor are splitting the money. That's basically what that dynamic is, if you think about it. Then the end holder, the secondary buyer, is the, that's the customer, right? And there's no business in that, though. That's not a, uh, a formula that works. And so I think you have to reject the premise that that's a customer altogether. Like, that, that's an arbitrager who is a sole proprietor. I think it's the best way to describe it to me. You're your own company when you're doing that. And if you see an angle, like, I think I can mint this and flip it in two minutes. If you see that angle, good for you. But that's your, you're doing that as I a agree. sole venture. I agree. Nobody owes you anything. If you're wrong, you're like, I think that there's an ARB and you're wrong. That's your fault. A hundred percent. Nobody's making you buy anything. Like yeah. this concept of like the entitlement is outrageous. So let me get this straight. You're mad at a project that's trying to build forever because you were unable to make money in seven hours. Yeah. As if you're right. 
That's insane. The best. That's the definition of insanity. The best rug meme that came out a couple of days ago is the guy that bought the Brady final touchdown <laughs> football for 600K the night before he unretired. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Did you see that match? Uh, ultimate rug. Anyway. That was funny. insane. Yeah. Horrible timing. Yeah. I uh, mean, look, these things are tough. I know. And then the tactics come in, you know, because if you're, if you are that kind of sole proprietor, you're an arbitrager. Part of the playbook is I'm just going to harass the shit out of the team, right? Drive my, drive my price, drive this, drive that. That's not the long run NFT customer. That's not the long run business. I think that that's shaking out more and more. Oh, my favorite thing was when people like when VFriends had, let's say a lull, was in November, December, you know, I was like in end of year planning for Vayner. I didn't have anything planned because I didn't like series two was April. The word like, you know, VCon, like you can't like cry wolf every hour like this, that like you're running a business, you're building a brand. I'm building this intellectual property for the next 40 years. I was working on the zero cool deal. I was working on the Uno deal. I was working on series two. I was working on getting VCon, which is a massive production put together. So there was this like, I would call it like three, four week period where Board Ape was dominating, World of Women was getting hot, and I could sense the people, like literally here was some of the talk in my community. You know, I only made 38X on my investment on VFriends, and I would have made 71X on World of Women. This sucks. And I remember like reading it all, and I'm like, this is fucking amazing. This is like... VFriends is like a top five project. If this is what I'm getting, this is fucking going to be bad. So I, I remember like one day, like just reading it enough and like, it's hard to get me going. Like, cause I've just done so much in my life and been judged my whole life. Go to the beginning so of this podcast. I, uh, I, uh, it's just impossible to get me going. Like, like little things like Dustin's content's better than you could never trigger me into being mad, you know, things like that. So I just go in there and I was like, like going, I remember just being very nonchalant. I decided to jump into the conversation. I'm like, amazing news. I don't know if you guys all know, but unlike my parents who lived in the Soviet Union, you can do something about this. You could sell it for a $40,000 profit on nine months. Sell it. Don't like it? Sell it. Like this, we've lived in an era of entitlement where people now, it's like buying a stock. Like stocks go up and down. Real estate goes up and down. We've gotten to the place now where people buy something as an investment and are dumbfounded and angry if it's not pumped for them because they're so accustomed to stimulus checks. Everybody just wants everybody to take care of shit for them. And then when I was sort of learning first adult money lessons and stuff, my parents weren't like no money, no college, they were military, whatever. So it's not like they were investing money and like, here's how you invest (laughs) money or something. Um, So it was really like after college and working. My dad was the other way. He's like Um, only cash. Don't ever do anything, but just save cash. It took me like a decade of being in that, like I was like in my thirties where I'm like, I don't know if this is it. 
Yeah. I think there's some other things. And then, so here's the first job out of college was Fidelity Investments. So then I was talking to these like investors or whatever. And the lesson is basically like, do you want retur- bigger returns choppy or do you want low returns stable? Low returns stable. That's a pretty, that's a thing. If you want big return, you need to deal with choppy. And then the other thing was like, good return equals like, seven or eight percent a year (laughs) these are some of like the things that were wired in my brain 20 years ago and it's like what the fuck has happened man so now it's like i'm so sad this is only 18 times yeah no tolerance for anything to ever go down otherwise you're in your feels you're not mentally or emotionally prepared for that and then needs to be like super fast it needs to be up thousands of percent like this is not a what the, the you know what this all makes me want to do? Doesn't exist. I want to tank V friends for six months just to weed out all the soft. Yeah. I might just come out and say, change my mind. Not gonna do it anymore. Yeah. See what happens to the price. I think it goes up. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people could be like, no, no, he's joking. He's about to triple down. Uh, I need a floor <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's these other things too. It's like time in market better than timing the market. You know the little buzz terms. That so many of like the underlying principles of like investment are just thrown out the window. And it's it's been a weird year, really weird year with with um and it and seems like it seems like Reddit, like GameStop yeah. is like 47 years ago. Yeah. It seems like remember when Reddit GameStop was like the crazy thing? Yeah. Like, oh my god. Community bought a bunch of stock and it's got, that seems like mundane. If you compare, hey, a bunch of people on a website got together and bought a stock, so it went up, to your neighbor just bought an $86,000 squirrel with a piece of corn up its ass. <laughs> like, those are, that's like a big delta. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Those are really hard to explain if you don't understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a guy I saw today in my like explore who like is on the street asking people if they'd rather have a Lambo or a Bored Ape Yacht Club. You saw it too? Um, and like people, like I didn't watch it. It was on silent. I was like kind of doing something. So I didn't actually consume it yet. Maybe one of you, you saw the whole thing? It was with the two girls were on the video. And what happened? They were like, they took the Bored Ape because they knew what it was. That's just wild. Like two young ladies, right? It was two women, right? I thought. There are a lot of people, enough that this guy could go on the boardwalk randomly and ask people that if you show them a board ape, uh, to offer them the board ape or a Lamborghini, they will take the board ape because they actually know it's worth a lot more. That's wild, because NFTs didn't exist a year ago. It's amazing. All right, we're wrapping up with a little education session. Rapid fires. Seth, if I was like, I will give you $25,000 in cash right now. Like, you know, oh my and God. like visually, right? Like you're like, it's like stacked, right? The disrespect. And, the... or I'll give you a V friend. What would you take? The right. That's insane. That's why people are like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like think about all the people that don't even know NFTs. This and they amazing. would look at this doodle that I drew and they're going to be like, he wants that JPEG more than that. That's 25,000 in cash. And he would be a thousand percent right. And 96% of the people on earth right now would be like, what the fuck is happening? Do you know there are no pea salads for sale? Pea salad's a beast. No, because of me. Just like Matt is influences Celtics outcomes, pea salad market is completely driven by this guy. Don't I don't even, believe that. That's a hundred. That's a fact. 
No, I don't. I, Ask the Discord. Discord clip it. Discord. Do you, you know what I think it was? know something? If I went to V Friends Discord right now. Face right now. Send, if I went into the V Friends Discord right now and said, in. who's Herm? Only like 137 people would even know. Do it right now. Yeah, do you know Herm? Okay. So I think Pea Salad pumped because on podcast like number nine or something, Gary made a joke about how P he was like, look, I was tired. That was like the 130th one I drew. <laughs> so would I have done Pea Salad different? Yes. So it became like if V friends were all NFTs, it's like the crypto dick butt of, <laughs> of V friends, right? It's like the meme. Now, and I think when you, frame or you know, which like one that. is completely taken off? who was born in 1997 has become like it's become a real thing way more than peace salad i don't even think anybody knows who herm is i'm about to my uh discord here we go posting do you know herm here we go live answers i just put in there do you know herm it's gonna be a lot of love just so you know several people are tasting no question mark those are the first two no question mark oh god <laughs> hermes no Hermes. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Who's that? Oh my god. <laughs> Yo. Yo, only Hermes from Tom Sachs. Do you know the Muffin Man? Unfortunately, yes. Who's <laughs> 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 Dan James? That was amazing. Yeah. Sweet futures? Question mark. Nobody knows who you are. Yes. Yeah, he's your boy. Love him from the podcast with Kalish and you. See? There you go. There we go. Herm Edwards. Oh, God. <laughs> there you guys. go. Former Herm Jets Edwards. coach. <laughs> Why? Who's that? Okay. Who's that? Okay. We get it. We get it. All right. Let's I keep no, this going. Nothing, let's just edit. Okay. The clip is I had nothing to do with pea salad. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Now that that's taken care of. Lost another bet. Um, all right. Can we just talk about one thing? First? Oh, you talking about the Herminator? There we go. <laughs> now we got it. Thank you, Kate. Um, all right, can we just talk about coins versus tokens? This is a one little education session as we wrap up. Ready? Two things. One, I want to talk about ApeCoin, what it means to be a coin token. Is this the future? Are projects going to just launch their own coin? Of course they are. So let's first talk, educate us. Matt, educate us on the difference between a token and a coin. An NFT, when you say token and NFT, because sometimes people interchange token yeah. and coin. And the NFT versus the coin that's in the ecosystem. You're right. Yes. Um, well, like technical engineering definition, I'm not going to do, but like what I'll say is basically like coins are just like liquid currencies that you can swap on an exchange with like liquidity at all times. So like Bitcoin or Ethereum at the current price, you can buy, sell, whatever at any point. NFTs are distinct tokens on the blockchain that are like everyone is one like it's its own token it's one of one fungible versus non-fungible yeah it's a fungible versus non-fungible distinction so everyone is sort of one of one with a full history of its provenance provenance of every transaction ever made against the token Coin, current owner for normal yeah. talk coins are going to be used to get more people into an ecosystem and will have functionality. Most project NFTs don't have a ton of utility tasks underneath the NFT, but what the coins will do is like, you can buy this exclusive board ape hoodie with 17 
ApeCoin. Like it becomes an ecosystem within itself. There's still a lot of SEC stuff. There's still a lot to get through. The reason I haven't, like from day one, people are like, like way back, like nerd talk, because ICOs happened in 17. When I was getting deep into NFT lands, a lot of people were like, are you gonna do your own coin? Is it gonna be a B coin? Is it a B friends coin? Like, and I was like, you know, it's just too early. Like, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm excited that ApeCoin hit the scene as a owner of a big uh, NFT project because I wanna see how it plays out. I wanna see like where the good things are, where the not as good things are. Kudos to them to being pioneers in it. But it becomes a coin like it's really no different than Madden tokens inside of Madden or Fortnite. Like so many people, Candy Crush, Farmville, you know, some NFTs have bled into utility, but the reality is coins are gonna be able to do it at scale. And so, for example, if I ever did a coin, maybe if I decided to do a VCon after the first three, maybe you can only buy those tickets with VCoin. Hmm. Of, as a for instance, right? It's no longer issued to the NFT. Real quick update on the Discord. Oh, um, is he in here? Who is that? Uh, don't know the Herm, nope. Um, when Herm, question mark. <laughs> when um, Herm. <laughs> Herm, show yourself. Can Herm get me on the white list? I think you mean the Herminator. Huh. Herm Edwards, question mark. Isn't that that dude from Props and Drops? There you go. Um... Okay, I get it. Nobody does. Next reply, everybody does. Herm Edwards, question mark? Everyone does? Herm, Herm Edwards, question mark? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think we Look. can rule out everyone does. Yeah, and I had... Oh, yeah, one other thing on the coins, tokens. Oh, here's a big one. Yes, isn't that the guy that made the pea salad famous? <laughs> You're lying. Where? I was lying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was so excited. Oh, oh my God, God, dude. I cannot with that. Uh, hold on. One other thing on coins. You yeah. One other thing on coins is like, and it's hard to draw the line of what is a good coin versus what's a like meme coin versus what's a shit coin versus a scam. It's gonna come down to utility. A lot of people, yeah. Aside, once you get out of the realm of like the top, top coins, you get into the I'll, world of like scams, of, there's so rugs. Much, there's so much bad. Um, a lot of people use their crypto accounts like a casino and that's like- I'll give you one. Be careful. When the, the laws thing. are clear, the first thing I will do if there is ever a friends coin is make it fully acceptable at Wine Library. That will be number one. If it's legal, the government's rule, like I fully understand, I feel every T and I is crossed, no question. Because I can. that becomes utility. Like, then somebody says, if all else fails, I'll buy 15 cases of Tito's vodka. You know, like, like it becomes tangible. It all, this was always the point. It was digital and real life. Almost everybody, uh, tomorrow I have my, uh, my, um, which one's with the snails? Um, the mentor thing, what is it again? Not mentor mongoose, Jesus Christ. What's that? Thank you, sir. Lou from the way back. Tomorrow is my jam session snails. So that one, because I drew it with multiple snails, was one token, it was a one of one access, where you and three of your friends get three hour jam session with me to like plot your business, like real cool shit. The guy who owns it, wrote this morning, I was reading it, he's like, so pumped, tomorrow's the day, 
you know, bought this almost a year ago. Me and my buddies were so excited. We're bringing a box of V friends cards. We're going to open it with Gary. I was like, yes, because <laughs> I love that. Wow. Um, and he was like, you know, it's amazing what can happen in a year. And this guy did incredibly well in V friends, made a lot of money, seven figures went in. And he goes, this was the first one I bought because 10 months ago, I didn't understand what NFTs were. So this one I understood because I knew I was getting the three hours with Gary because of it, because of the contract. What did that go for? Lou, can you look up what the snail went for? Thank you, sir. Uh, anyway, so going back to the premise, from day one, I think I continue to believe that people are obsessed with or instead of and. That the best projects in the world, this is why I'm watching the Disney's. Like Disney, think about what I'm doing with V Friends. I'm hoping over the next 40 years to maybe be in the conversation with Disney as an emerging thing that maybe in another 50 years after I'm gone could be a Disney. Disney today can launch all their characters as NFTs, create a Disney coin that is functionally working inside of Disneyland and fucking crush. Like for example, I'm not buying Disneyland tickets right now, but if they have an NFT project that has that utility, I'm buying it because I think there's secondary value in the market. You know how many people trade and buy sporting events tickets? They're not going to the Billy Joel concert. They're not going to Book of Mormon. They're not going to a Celtics playoff game. They're doing it as a trade, no different than somebody buying 0.00001% of Tesla. That's now happening to the whole world. People are fucking missing it, Kalish. They're getting caught up with the fucking porcupine with the cigar. They're getting caught up in the rug. They're getting caught up in the board ape billionaire club. They're getting caught up in the headlines when the reality is the world's changing in front of our fucking eyes. We weren't alive when people said, let's make Wall Street. There used to not be Wall Street, Herm. There used to not be, like everybody walks around as if it's normal to own 25 shares of Nike and eight shares of Tesla and your grandfather gave you a thousand shares of AT&T as if that's normal. That wasn't fucking normal 150 years ago. Yeah. When was the Wall Street invented? Can somebody pull that up right now? Her, uh, Lou, Herm, you do something. Lou's, oh. getting a, Lou's getting a snail. How much? 19.248 on the snail. Yeah, I remember like my mom had I'm shares sorry, of I'm Quaker sorry? Oats stock. 1792. 17.792, right? Yeah. Fuck like a little bit earlier than I thought. Um, <laughs> but still not. I thought 1850, like my head brain went to like 1850s. Um, and I have a feeling that if we look at 1792 that it didn't catch into maybe a little bit later. I got to really do the homework on this. I've never done this. But all I'm saying is, you know. It became a thing in 1929. No, that's not true. Nope, that was Black No, because that was after the crash. That Black, yeah. yeah, that was Black Thursday. Or, okay. That's when it really shit hit the... That's when it tore down the country. Put First in, trade on Wall Street, May 17th, 1792. Those were the days. <laughs> but again, you have to understand, in 1789, which, you know, sounds like so long ago, it's just not. One V friend in 1792 would buy Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's just like a method to do the type of I know speculation that, I know that somebody's want. laughing at me yeah. on the other side around and be like, Gary, that's 200. I'm like, I get it, but it's just not that long. Like, again, I'll make it easier for you. The iPhone was not a thing 25 years ago. Like, we all walked around Earth not having the internet on us. All of us. Yeah, everybody years. listening, for the most part, it said, you young fuckers at 15, by the way, great job listening to this. You know, like, almost everybody else, like, just knows what life is without that. 
Like I used to have to, back to fantasy baseball that I referenced earlier, I used to have to watch uh, ESPN's Baseball Night in America to see like stats because I didn't want to wait for the newspaper the next day, which, oh, by the way, didn't have the West Coast games. I used to find out what a player on my team in fantasy did two days after they did it. Two days later, I'd be like, oh my God, my angel outfielder hit a homer Wednesday on Friday. Because on Thursday, the paper said late night game and I have to wait to Friday for the box score. Mm. That, that was me in high school, Kalish. Now, I can tell you what a baseball player does in real time. In real time. While I'm on a fucking highway. Like, it's absurd. Yeah. Fuck a highway while well, I'm in a plane up in the air. I can tell you what I was like. I fucking was following the fucking yeah. <laughs> Michigan Tennessee on ESPN. Baseball tonight. Thank you. Not Every baseball tonight. Baseball tonight was the only way. So you it was the only it on way. Watch it for like three did hours. Did a baseball <laughs> tonight. It was huge. Garrett Anderson and J- Jim Edmonds when they were rookies yeah. went off for me, and I'd have to watch baseball fucking tonight. Yeah. It was unbelievable. That was like better than the fucking newspaper. Now we have fucking phones in the air. Oh, by the way, Lou, my phone is still not working in the air. Yeah. Can we just buy Stock certificates. Have you ever seen the real 25 years ago? If you own stock, you have the stock certificate. It's not like you just go on the internet and look at your stocks. And my mom inherited Quaker oat stock. The only thing she ever owned in stock was from one of her parents past. My, you know, my grandparent. And she got left like... 50 shares of Quaker Oats or something. It was like a piece of paper. And it's this. It's yeah. a paper. <laughs> it's it like, just sitting in a safe or something. Um, yeah, it's accessible now. I think that's kind of what's happening in that's NFT what's, land. That's it's what I'm a method of making the types of investments at scale where everyone can participate, really. Unbelievable. Fun times. I school experience this Rio Vault, a CD player that didn't skip because it had anti shock protection, <laughs> was the jam fyi remember Less when everybody seven, no who had a beeper right. in high school was a narc or a drug dealer <laughs> they're so cool <laughs> they were so cool <clears throat> or the razor remember the razor that was like oh you're a fucking rich <laughs> you have a razor playing snake whenever they want <laughs> they were all right good show Great Knicks show. game, baby. Let's go. Uh, Discord, props and drafts on Twitter. A lot of clip it stuff coming out of this one. Really enjoyed the way this started out. I think my TikTok where you get caught looking at my Discord and it wasn't there, even though you knew it wasn't there, but then I got you and then you got caught. That's going to be at least a million views. No, I think there's going to be a meme of Kalish just laughing at it because it really got him and he really enjoyed me getting work there. I, we, I did we always like when you second. get worked. Okay. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Marketplace for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369 in New York. Visit okgr.org in Oregon. 
Call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 plus only, 18 plus in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. No results guaranteed. Void were prohibited. Eligibility restrictions apply. See www.draftkings.com slash sportsbook for full details. Odds and lines are subject to change.